If you decided to listen to this week's message of Daxadeo Fichard Park, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. So uh, tonight we are in the last week of our series, the series we've been doing at Central as well, called Step by Step. And we're, we're looking at the question, what if I just step further in my relation? What if I just take the next step? What if the goal isn't just the fruits or the things that I have to achieve? But what if for 2024, I ask the question, God, what are the next steps for me? How can I go on this journey with you? How can I step further in you? And so maybe just before kicking off, I want to ask you three questions. Three questions tonight that might a little bit offend you. First question, you're going to not like this one. Who's already failed at their New Year's resolutions? Come, put up your hand. This is church. This is the place to confess your sins to the world. Who's keeping theirs? It's a good one. Who lied about keeping theirs now? Just checking, just checking, just checking. But I mean, I just want to say New Year's resolution is like a really weird thing for me because I think it's like the weirdest time, January, to start changing your life forever. It's like December, uh, 31st of December at 12 o'clock, there's like a switch that goes off and then you become Dwayne Johnson. I'm going to gym this year. I'm going to eat right, wake up at three o'clock, read my Bible till five. It's like we put up these crazy expectations for us. And I'm like, dude, January is already difficult enough. I need to get to varsity. I don't have money left. You know, January is the longest three months of the year. Right? And then you're like thinking like, how am I getting all this stuff? And then you want to change your life as well. Just, can I just take, take a deep breath and give yourself a little bit of grace? You don't have to get it right this month. Get it right next month. February is easier. So you have money then. It helps a little bit. Right? Well, money, you know what I mean? But uh, I mean, it's, it's a crazy time where we think that, that we have to get everything right at the beginning of the year. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to do all these things right, looking for perfection. And the problem with that is God's never asked for perfection. God has only asked, will you go on a relationship journey with me so I can progress you into something, something beautiful? I always think this is just a funny thing. I read it in the Bible the other day, and I just, I just thought it was really funny. You know that uh, Jesus had a younger brother, James. Now, let me hear from the older brothers in the house. Put up your hand. Come on, older brothers. Okay, put down your hand. I don't like you. The younger brothers, the younger siblings. Come on, the young ones, the last borns. Amen. That's you, man. That's you. And I can imagine the pressure, the pressure of poor James. You know, when Mary looks at James, can't you just be more like your older brother? Last time we were at this wedding, we had more wine. You know, the budget's tight this month. Just here's a fish and loaves. Come do your thing. Be like your older brother. And I think when we come into a relationship with God, when we come to be saved, we think, okay, now I must live that perfect life. Can I say, James, had the grace to go on a journey, to go on a journey to become something, to become like Jesus. And I want to invite you today. What if we don't aim just for that perfection? What if we aim for the journey? Second question I want to ask you tonight is this. It's getting a bit more deep. It's getting deeper every question. Just, just get used to it, okay? I want to ask you tonight, how is your soul? Sure, Brent, that's something you ask a girl on the fourth date. You know, that's, that's not something you do first. So I'm here and I'm saying I'm committed. Committed here. How's your soul? Why do I ask this? Well, well I believe our soul is this picture of our emotions and our, and our thoughts and our decision-making capacity. And I think... Every day, it is being bombarded and cluttered by things. Let me give you an example. A normal day. You wake up late because you snoozed. Any snoozers? 
And then you do the first thing, you check your WhatsApp. And then you start answering WhatsApp. Then you get a link to Instagram. Jokes, you don't need the link, you just go straight to Instagram. Then you scroll for 45 minutes. And then you're like, oh snap, you make coffee, then your wife is like, will you make me coffee as well? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we having for breakfast? Question. Then you realize you're late, and so you, so you quickly get dressed, but your mom, your, your parents uh, actually give you a call in that moment. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm late for work, I'm, I'm going to, and you, you jump through the shower, you, you go through your little routine, you brush your teeth, everything, as you're out the door, did we feed the dogs? I forgot. And then you're in the car and you're driving, and as you're driving, there's a billboard that goes past that says 50% off. Shoes, ladies, come on. And then a telemarketer calls you, hello, Mr. Pitoway. Never uses my first name, offended. And then you get to work and you start working, you're in the space working, there's an urgent email, the red dots and like crazy, do answer now. And then as you start doing it, your, your mom calls to you if you kind of come for your dad's birthday. And then the next moment you start working because you're like, okay, mom, I'll come, but I'm gonna go on. Then your boss calls you in for a, a quick chat that never stays as a quick chat. And then it's meeting one, two, three, floor. And it's lunchtime. Oh yeah, I didn't have time to pack lunch, so let me just quickly grab something. Then eventually you start working further. Your colleague says, hey, check this funny video, 30 minutes later. And then that telemarketer calls you again. And then you get home. You get home and your wife wants all of the detail of your day. It's just me. How was your day? What, what did you do? How's your, huh, huh. And then you get all these other details like your boss calls you because he needs something. You start packing out the baby room because you're excited about the twins coming. Come on. And then the dreaded question of any married couple. Guys, if you want to answer this question for your wife one day, you will be the hero of her life. What are we eating tonight? Answer that question for us. She'll love you forever. And then you just put on that series because you need to unwind. And then you actually start working because all day you were so bombarded with stuff, you actually work at night. Anyone ever felt a day like this or similar to this? Anyone? And it's so crazy that in our world, we are so bombarded with all these things, all this stuff that asks so much from us. And that's why I'm asking the question tonight, how is your soul? Is it filled with the clutter of this world that demands so many things from us? Or is it filled with the presence of God? That's the question we need to ask. And so I'm gonna ask you another question. We're gonna get back to this one just by the way. But I'm gonna ask you another question. This one might offend you a little bit. How is your relationship with God? Sure, Brent. <laughs> That's definitely a fourth date question. <laughs> How is your relationship with God? How are you with God? It's a classic Christian question to ask, right? You know, like, how are you doing? How are you and Jesus doing? Don't ask it like that. That's weird. Okay. But how are you doing? How's your relationship with God? Why? Why do I ask this question? Because here's the thing. If you forget about anything tonight, I'm going to say that a few times, but if you forget about anything tonight, here's the crux of the matter. We are made to be in relationship with God. Point. We were made for relationship. We were made by relationship, by the Trinity. We are made through and for and with relationship with God. That is the ultimate focus. If you're a Christian here today, if you believe in Jesus, your greatest focus is not becoming more holy. It's not becoming, it's becoming and understanding the, under, the picture, the understanding that I am made to be in relationship with God. That is my ultimate goal. 
is relationship with Him. John 15 verse 5 explains this picture, and I want to dive into the Scripture tonight because I want to show you something so simple, yet it is something we struggle with so much. Verse 5, it says this, I am the vine. Everyone say, I am the vine. No, you're not. Jesus is the vine. Say, you are the branches. No, say, I am the branches. Sorry. Jesus speaking, he's saying, Jesus saying, I'm the vine and you are my branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Just hear those words firstly. He says, he determines something. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Your source of life comes from me. And he says, if you remain in me and just by the beautiful thing, if I remain in you, there's a promise from God saying, I will remain in you. I will be with you. All I ask is lean into me, connect to me, focus on me. And he says, why? Because if you do that, you will grow. Because apart from me, you can't do anything. And why is this important? The invitation here in the scripture is not about bearing fruit. The invitation here that Jesus is making is saying, focus on me and the fruit will sort itself out. Have you ever walked past a vineyard and hear the vines screaming, producing fruit? Ah! Have you heard it? Just me. <laughs> I had too much wine. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's the most natural thing for it to do because it's what it's created to be. Guys, for us to be in relationship with God is the most natural thing. We just lean into Him. The fruit will come in the right season. It'll come in the right space. And this is the invitation that Jesus makes. He says, guys, if you want to be a part of this, just lean into me. Lean in, press into me. Press into me because that is how you build a relationship. Now, I've, I've spent some time with some Christians, right? And some non-Christians. But I've spent some time with people, and, and especially guys in this space. I see there's a few central people here tonight. Central? Yeah, that's nice. Huh? Yes, we should somewhere move in here. This is a nice venue. Let's take this one. <laughs> but, you know, I've spoken to some Christians, and, and I've asked the question, or they've asked me the question, Brent, how do I know I have a good relationship with God? How do I know that my relationship with God is good? Like, what is the criteria? What are the steps? How do I, how do I get there? I want to actually ask you this, or just I would reply to that question saying, I think that you're asking the wrong question. Because if you're asking that question, you're asking, is there anything I can do to make my relationship with God good? Can, can I tell you tonight what it is? You want to know? There's nothing. There's nothing you can do. Why am I saying that? Because, listen, here's the point. He made our relationship with Him good. He's the one that stepped out. He's the one that leaned into us. He's the one that said, I will give my life. I will give everything I have. I will go down to where you are and I will take you by the hand and I will pull you up to where I am. Our relationship with God is not determined by how good we are. Our relationship with God is determined whether He loves us. That is the beginning point. Does that mean that we just leave it there? No, we go on the journey. We grow together. We step into it. But if our relationship is in this picture that we need to achieve something to get God's love, that's called religion. Maybe tonight you feel, man, this is what I know. Like I have to do things so that I can be with God. God says, no, no, no. You get to be with me. That's why we can do things. That's why we can live life. That's why we can do life together. So tonight, that was just my intro, just by the way. It's good. You guys ready? Yes, come on. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thanks. Thank you. So, some reply from the crowd. Are you guys ready? 
So tonight I want to ask you this, or I want to show you this picture, is that how do we build this relationship? How do we understand? Because we first need to understand this relationship with God before we start living in it and building in it. So tonight I want to give you a picture, a picture of a home. Welcome home. You've heard it at this church, right? You guys do that here, eh? No, just checking, just checking. But if you go to any campus in Bloemfontein, you will see the big words, welcome. The big words, welcome. There we go. Why do we have this on the wall? Well, it's a beautiful thing that communicates as a space for community, for you to belong, for you to get connected. But what it also communicates is that this is the way we see our relationship with God, a home we belong in. When you are stepping into a relationship with God, you step into His home. You step as a son into His home. And I'm saying son for a reason, not just daughter, but son because the son inherits the kingdom. It's a positional thing, not a gender thing. It's a positional thing saying that, God, I step into your kingdom. I step into your life. And the problem with that is that some of us, and I'm saying it with a lot of grace and love tonight, have been living as homeless people in the home. Right? Have you ever seen homeless people? It's really a difficult space. And I mean, that's a massive problem in our country. And we want to see people find a home, not just spiritually, but physically. And we see, see a homeless person lives different. They, they live a different kind of life. They are disconnected from home. They are disconnected. They, they live different. But my question is, I think sometimes when we come to our relationship with God, we, we know that we are invited into the home, but we don't step into it. Because there's still something holding us back. And so what's the first step? Well, it's this understanding that you need to accept the gift. You need to accept the gift. You know that when God invites you into a relationship with Him, He's inviting you into His home. He's inviting you. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Listen to the scripture. You know this if you've been a Christian for a while. And by the way, if you've been a Christian for a while, listen to this because this is good. He says, it is for by. Come on, church. It is for by that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but this is a gift from God. And I love it just how he puts it here. It's not by works so that someone may, may boast. You see, if it was by the works that you are sitting here today, if it's by the works, then we could have gone, you know, I'm better than you. It's no such thing. It is by the grace of God that you're here. It is a gift. And all he says is, will you step up and accept it? Think about Christmas. What did you do to get a Christmas present? It wasn't even your birthday, man. <laughs> you just got it. Whether it was a name you pulled out of a hat or you just got it. Because there was a gift given to you. You didn't have to achieve anything for it. You just, all you had to do is to go, if they go, uh, uh, Santa is giving to Brent. Is there a Brent here? And you go, yeah, I'm a Brent. Thank you. And that's the same invitation that God has for us. He says, guys, because if, if I do not give this invitation, we're going to miss it because then you have to work for your gift. Then the gospel is ruined. It's null and void. And I think sometimes the challenge that we miss, that's the thing that stops us from accepting the gift is our pride. Ooh, ain't that pastor? Ow. You know, I, I, you know, I grew up Christian. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to... Guys, it doesn't matter. There's no, no, no the Jew or Greek, right? No Gentile, no nothing. It is, we are all one. We are one. Simonier, here we are. 
And God says, I see you all the same as my children that I love. And I invite you into this relationship with me. Don't hold back because you want to prove something. Step in because God has proved everything to you. Accept the gift. Accept the keys to the house. Second thing, a very difficult thing for us to do is you need a helper to move into the house. You see, I think there's a lot of guys that, that have accepted the gift of Jesus. That have, You've been somewhere in a service, on your knees here in front, um, somewhere in a building. Maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you through a dream. Whatever it is, there was a moment that you realized, I want to accept this gift from God. But you're still living on the grass. You've got the keys. The pool's nice. But we're still living on the grass saying, I don't know how to live in this new life. And, and I don't know about this. Who of you have ever moved? Like moved house, moved from one room to another? Anyone? Do you know what you love when you move? Friends. Huh? Especially friends with a bucky. So, so let me help you out here tonight. Anyone moving in the next month? Put up your hand. No, there's one, two. Anyone with a bucky? Put up your hand. Make the connection. Make the connection. Make the connection. The Lord provides in mysterious ways. You never thought coming to church, I'm going to get a friend with a bucky. And this is a beautiful thing. Why is it important? Because God actually gives us the helper to help us move in, to help us set up life. John 14 verse 16 says this. It says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate, another helper, another one to help you. And be with you forever. Who's this helper? It's not your friend with a bucky. It's the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit. And then it's so good. He says, the world cannot accept him because they neither see him or know him. He says, but you know him. For he lives in you and he will be in you. You cannot be saved. You cannot accept this gift without the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does that. It says in Romans that the picture is when the big S, the Spirit of God testifies with small S, my spirit that I am his child. That is when I'm born again. And here he's saying, man, if you've accepted the keys, if you've stepped into it, you have my spirit. Now let him help. Why do we need his help? Why would I need the help of the Spirit? Simple. If I was homeless and I step into a house, with a fridge, how does a fridge work? How does the couch work? How do you get to DSTV Sport Channel? This Netflix thing. And it's, it's this beautiful thing where, where God says, man, this new life I've given you, there's no rule or regulation. There's not a law. Why? Because we live by the Spirit. The law says that I should do things so that God can love me. But, God, but, the, but the Spirit says, if you're born again, He says, God loves me, therefore I do things. That's why I live. That's why I'm here today. Are you guys alive today? Yes. Come on, church. Are you guys alive today? Yes. yes. Good. And why is He saying? He's saying, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to show you, hey, that's how a son should live. Hey, this is, this is called grace. Let me take you on the journey of it. You know, patience, not your friend from school. Patience, you're, I'm going to teach you patience in this next season. That's the beautiful thing about it because when we get into the house, God takes us on a special journey just with me. 
just with you, just with us, to grow us. And all he asks is, allow my helper to help. Any control freaks in the house? Come on, put up your hand. When I asked you that question, you said, I would have liked to ask that question myself. Right? What if we take our lives, and we're going to do it a little bit later, so get ready, getting you ready, and we say, God, I need help. Why would I do that? Because I need to understand my position in the home. And I'm going to spend some time on this, sorry. But I need to understand my position in the home. Why? Because here's the question. When you're a student, I remember when I was a student thousands of years ago. When I was a student, when I ran out of money, when I ran into problems, when I got a flat tire, anything, who do you call? Not Ghostbusters. I called my dad. Dad, this month is long. January. Is there this weird sound in my car? I don't know what to do with it. Dad, this is a girl I like. I don't know. She's pretty. I'm not. Like, help me. I used to lean into my dad for help. And there's a reason why God invites us to this relationship of a child and a father. He says, lean into me. I have more wisdom, more love, more understanding, more knowledge than you could ever imagine. I've got more resources than you can even think about. Lean into me. Be a child. Look at the person next to you say, wie is a kind, man? Wie is a kind? Why? Because childishness is not what we're talking about, but childlikeness is what we're talking about. Why? Because a child is not proud of himself. My dad's a superhero. <laughs> Have you seen kids like that? My dad's great. My dad's stronger than? I'm telling you this. My dad is way stronger than your dad. God the Father. He's your dad too. I'm sorry. But he invites us into this, says, lean into me. Why? Because that'll kill your pride immediately and you'll lean. You will enjoy the home that you are in. And that's the last point. It's not just to take the keys and step into the home. It's not just to have the helper, God himself, with you to show how to live this life, to journey with you, to, to take life together. But the last thing, and man, don't miss this. It's about enjoying it. Enjoying this life to the full. Enjoying every moment that God has for you. Enjoying it. And I've seen it. I've had conversations like this to myself. Not even to some of you. Have you heard that when you go to someone, how are you doing? Okay. Life stuff. This and that, this and that, this and that. Sin. Oh, this and that, this and that, this and that. Budget. Oh, this and that. My, my marks from last semester. Not this or that, too little bit of this and that. And then I would, sometimes I look at Christians and I ask them the question, are you even enjoying life, bro? Like, are you, are you genuinely enjoying being born again? Because you want to hear some facts, what it means when you follow Jesus, when you're born again. Just quickly, God gave you victory over sin and death. Hello? Victory over the thing that chokes your life and the one that takes it away. He says, you have freedom to live. The Holy Spirit is with you always. Hashtag never alone. Only single people. Not anymore, my friend. 
The Holy Spirit is with you. The God that crafted the universe with His voice, the God that breathed life into man, looks at you and He calls you my son, my daughter. And He's at your back cheering you on. There's nothing that He doesn't, He backs you 100%. The dreams that He's put in your heart, the things that He has for you, He backs you. He's seeking good things for you every day, every single day. He's seeking deeper relationship with you. The God of the universe can pause this world in a moment and look at you and say, let's do this. Let's live life. Let's enjoy life. Yet when we ask the question sometimes to Christians, I'm okay. Bro, you're not okay. As a matter of fact, you're far from it. You're a miracle. You know that. You're chosen. You're absolutely favored by God. If we have this realization, not in here, not just in a, in, a, in a notebook I write down, but in here. If we have this realization that I am chosen by God, He opened the door for me. He invited me into His home. He shows me how to live in man as lacquer. I'm going on the adventure of a lifetime. I want to tell you tonight, live a little. Live a little. Discover that God has good things for you. Discover that God wants a relationship with you. Discover that God has a calling over your life. And tonight you can enjoy it. Accept the gift. <laughs> Find the helper. Enjoy it with Him. And enjoy this relationship with God. I want to tell you a story out of my life. I, I remember uh, being in high school. Any high schoolers here tonight? Puberty, good luck. Um, so, you know, high school is a difficult stage, right? And so I remember going through high school, I used to have a few things on my mind. It was only a few things because I was dumb. Beer and girls. That was pretty much all I thought about. It's all I seeked. Don't go search Pled Rage 2011. You won't find anything there. Don't do it. <laughs> anyway, I love sharing that video. You must go share it with your friends. It's amazing. And... Uh, I was just so focused on these things and I, I was day in, day out trying to drink, trying to get the next girl, trying to do the next thing, trying to use the next substance, whatever it may be, because there was an emptiness inside of me because life was dead. And I remember going on this camp, this first year's camp we had, right? And as I get there, I remember these people. Weird. Have you ever seen Christian people? They are, if you're tonight and you're not a Christian yet, I want to say sorry from me. We're weird, okay? But I saw these people, we got off this, this bus, and as I jumped off this bus, I saw all these guys, and man, they were happy. What? They were like laughing, making jokes, enjoying themselves. And I thought to myself, I have to smoke something to feel like that. What are they smoking? And I tried to find out. But it was just camp food. It was nothing else. It's disgusting as well. And I remember one night just thinking the whole time, man, there's something they have I don't. I don't know what it is. And I remember this moment, this guy was preaching in front like today. You know, I've been preaching and you haven't been listening. Don't worry, I understand. Lord will forgive you. I won't. <laughs> and this guy was preaching and all he said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, put up your hand. And the next moment I'm looking in the air and I'm like, oh snap. <laughs> Why'd I do this? 
And this guy takes me one, one side and he starts praying for me. And, he, and, he's, and he's like, you know what you're doing with your life? And I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, I've done this before. This is like the third time. Good. And I get back to the worship and the guys are like, ooh, worshiping, lacquer, lacquer. They're all enjoying themselves. I'm like, cool, lacquer oaks. Standing there. And then God speaks to me. Changed my life forever. He looked at me and he said these words. And I want to say these words to you tonight. He says, Brent, I love you. And I started negotiating. Like we do. God, you don't love me. You don't know the things I've done, the bad person I am, these decisions I've made, all these deepest dark. And he, and he like stopped me and he said, Brent, I know everything. I know everything you don't even tell anyone. And I love you. Absolutely broke me. Broke me in half. All the pride, all the things I had to figure out by myself, all these challenges in my life, everything just in a moment broke because the God of the universe looked at me and he said, I'm your dad now. I love you. Come to me. The house is open. I remember in that moment, there was this old Jesus culture song that was playing. It was dumb. <laughs> but it said, come away with me. It's going to be wild. It's going to be great. And it's going to be filled with me. Is my life perfect? No. Is my relationship with God perfect? No. But is it filled with Him? Yes. He invites us to fill our lives with Him. I'm going to invite the band to join me. As we're going to end off, and we're going to be a little bit practical tonight. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready for that? Any of us all stand with me. So I asked this question earlier. How is your soul? Is it cluttered at the moment? While I was preaching, you didn't even take, you just left at the jokes. You didn't take in the rest. Because your, your soul, your, your emotions, everything's so packed with things. I think there's two things that kind of just like take us away from enjoying God and enjoying the home. And, and tonight, let's get that out of the way. Because God wants you to enjoy Him this year. Who's keen for that? Yeah? So one of the first things that dis distract us, and just two quick things. The first one is distraction. We're so cluttered in our minds with a bunch of different things. And I read this book this holiday. I would suggest going read it. It's really good. John Eldridge writes his book, Get Your Life Back. And in there, he has this, this, this term that he uses, very fancy term, Blue Mensa, on Google. But he calls it benevolent detachment. And what it means is this. It's the practice, the understanding, the revelation that I give everything and everyone to God. What? I give everything and everyone to God. Why? Because it's not yours to worry about. It's His. And it's saying, God, my life is so filled with all the stress, with all the anxiety, with all these things. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about it. And He says, whoa, I haven't asked you any of that. Give everything and everyone to me. And watch what I do with it. That's the leaning into God. That's pressing into the vine. Saying, God, I will lean into, I'll press into the vine. Because I know that's the source of life. Who do you need to give away tonight? Past pain? Current prospects of the future? Family? An ambition? What's the thing draining you? Because I can promise you, it's probably not from God. He's only a life giver. What is the thing I need to say, God, tonight is the night that this thing that is consuming my life, I'm just pressing into you. Everything and everyone, it's yours. 
second one, and this is a chacha inama. Deception. Deception is such an easy thing. It's the devil's old tricks. You can go down the line with it, but that's his big thing. He's, he's been speaking lies over you. You can't go into the house. Look at you. Are you sure God said he loves you? Wasn't it your friend next to you that he was talking about? Because they go to church every Sunday. Your friend said they love God, but now they don't love God anymore. Are you sure you love God? <laughs> See the deception. And God says, no, no, stick with the Spirit. Why the helper? Why? Because He's the Spirit of truth. He invites you into that story. So tonight the band's going to minister to us and I want to give us some space. Maybe there's a moment that you need to have with God saying, God, I need to give a few things to you. These things that's chowing up my life, I need to give it because that's the thing that's keeping me out of the house. That's the thing distracting me. And I want to say, Christians, if you're a Christian for a long time, I don't know how many times I've walked out of the house. Many times. Thank the Lord that I'm His son and I can just come back. I've stepped out of that house many times, done stupid things. But yet the Lord says, I'm not giving up. The door's open. Come, enjoy. Maybe tonight you need to give something up. And the second thing is maybe tonight you need to hear a truth. So we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work. Man's going to minister and, and maybe it's a moment that I give something up by myself. Or maybe it's a moment where you go to your friend that came with you. And you look at them and say, man, I need a little bit of truth in my life today. Don't you just want to speak truth over me? Come and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. I don't know what to say. Me neither. Here I am. But allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you for your friend. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do things. Are you guys keen? Keen? Let's pray. Jesus, as we go into this moment, we know that you never give up on us. That you're fighting for us. That our relationship with you is not determined by what we do. It is determined by who you are and who you say we are. We are your children we are your sons and daughters. And if there's sons and daughters in this house that have gone astray because of a distraction or gone astray because of deception tonight, Lord, we break those things in Jesus' name. We crush the enemy's plans and your spirit of truth, will you come and speak to the hearts of your people? Will you come and set free as we open up our hearts to you? Nothing to the cross I bring, only to the cross I cling. To you, the vine of life, tonight we surrender all of us, our lives for you. Let's do it together. What a message. If you feel that someone would benefit from this, share it with them. We are all about family on mission.